you've got the biggest idea ever. It's going to be hundreds, maybe thousands of IoT devices. Each one of them needs to talk to each other, and each one is in the field. You need a network of communication that you can rely on. More importantly, you need one you can afford. Is there such a thing? There sure is. What's it like? That's what we're going to talk about on this episode of Dev Radio. Hi, and welcome to the next episode of Microsoft Dev Radio. I'm Jerry, and I'm here with Brett Statham all the way from California. <laughs> Brett, i got to tell you, you're my favorite evangelist, and not just because you're the smartest one, but because you're the best looking. There's no getting Oh, wow. Wow. I'm humbled. Thank you. <laughs> Man, if you had a quarter for every time. <laughs> right. Uh, let's see. Uh, Brett, we're here to talk about a project, but I want to talk about you for a second. I, I haven't had you on the show very much. I don't know if people... Um, can appreciate just how broad and diverse your uh, skill sets are. Uh, tell me what you're focusing on right now. Uh, lately, I've been focusing a lot on the IoT stack up in Azure. Uh, that really means sort of two things. One, I get to play a lot with the devices, so I'm into microcontrollers and Arduinos and Raspberry Pis and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but that also means really the whole Azure stack behind it. You know, once you get a message from an IoT device up into, let's say, an IoT hub really the the entire sort of Azure stack just sort of opens like a blooming flower and you just get the whole yeah. beauty of Azure behind that. So uh, IoT really is just sort of a gateway drug into Azure. Uh, That's that right. You it's, either, it's either a blooming flower or an avalanche, <laughs> depending on how you look at it. Yeah, yeah. And there's another service we can use. Now, uh, way back when, we were um, creating, remember that give sign with all the lights oh, that yeah. would light up? That was hilarious. But the biggest thing that you've been working on lately is the Mars project, this cool little box. Tell me just yeah. a little bit about it. Yeah, so this is actually an event series that we've been running. Actually, it'll, it'll be global uh, that gives the premise of we've got a, a crew on a base on Mars, and we've lost contact with them. And so we're, we're going to use a number of Azure technologies uh, to try and reestablish communication with them. And so uh, in this first go-round of the event series, uh, we're using Azure IoT hubs to communicate with the coffee pot on base. And uh, <laughs> so we have a, a top-secret technology called quantum entanglement. Uh, I shouldn't have said yeah. that. Uh, but yeah. anyhow... Um, we'll we'll it, cut it uh, out in post-production, <laughs> right? no problem. So, but as, <laughs> as attendees in the room try to communicate with the coffee pot, we have a, a local sort of uh, quantum entangled device twin that sort of mimics what the coffee pot on base is doing. Uh, nice. Um, if I can do it to this coffee pot, it'll happen to that yeah, coffee yeah, pot. Yep. Uh, and so then we uh, also play around with Azure Functions and Azure Cognitive Services and some some uh, some cool sort of different experiences for the attendees than the normal heads-up type presentations that they might be used to. Okay, Brett, but we've also got Josh on the phone, and he's here to talk to us about something totally different. Josh, thanks for being on the show. You're the VP of Product Management at what company? <laughs> uh, I'm in a I'm at Ingenue. You're at Ingenue. Yeah, now tell right. me a little bit about, before we talk about Ingenue and all the cool stuff that you've been doing and working with uh, Brett, tell me a little bit about who you are, kind of where you are, and kind of just sure. introduce yourself. Absolutely. Uh, as you mentioned, I'm VP of Product Management at Ingenue. Uh, I'm coming to you today from our office in Scottsdale in sunny Arizona. So <laughs> uh, 
my responsibilities as, as, as VP of product here are, of course, to maintain and to run our, our internal product lines. And we're doing everything from uh, hardware components, radio modules, and chipsets um, to some of our software programs. Some of those we'll be, we'll be talking about a little bit today. Um, but the other key component of my responsibilities are working with our ecosystem partners, uh, like Microsoft in this case, um, so that we can offer our customers um, that are using our technology a complete end-to-end -end solution. And I think, I think we've done that a little bit with what we've done with Brett over the last couple of months. Nice. Outside of quantum entanglement, uh, did you used to be a software developer or what do you do? Uh, what, what, what drives you? No, actually, I, have, I was not a software developer. I, I've worked in the IoT industry for about 10 years. Several of those huh. years I worked in uh, as a market research analyst. So I've been covering the market for several years gotten to know all the key players in the market, um, worked with a variety of the partners that we're working with today and in other capacities. Um, so, so that's kind of my background. And I, I've been with Ingenue for about a year doing the, taking on this responsibility. And, you know, as you, you know, we get into, we have some really lofty goals, but I think we, we're going to achieve those um, with some of the, the pieces we have in place. Nice. All right. Let, let's, let's talk about, there are bound to be a handful of people listening and watching that uh, don't know about Ingenue. Tell us just a little bit about uh, the company. Sure, absolutely. Well, uh, as you can probably tell by the what we talked about today, we play. You've heard of the Internet of Things. That's the sure. space we play in. Um, what we're doing specifically is building a, a, a global, the really the first global worldwide uh, wireless wide range network, um, and wow. uh, so specifically designed and developed for machines. Um, which are really the things in the Internet of Things. So the types of devices we're talking about could be utility meters, uh, uh, soil monitors, pet trackers. Really the possibilities are endless what our technology is going to be, could be used for. Um, so how do we do it? We utilize yeah. our exclusive technology. It's called RPMA. Uh, that stands for Random Phase Multiple Access uh, Technology. Okay. Wow. Uh, I know, it's a mouthful, um, yeah. but, but RPMA operates on a 2.4 gigahertz spectrum, which has the uh, advantage of being available in every country and free in every country in the world, which is one way amongst many others that we sort of stand out from the cellular technologies, which have long sort of dominated the IoT market. And really, those technologies are just a, a poor fit for, for IoT. They're, yeah. they're expensive. They consume too much energy. The networks get shut down on a regular basis, and um, all the things that RPMA is not. Um, and really, in my opinion, those technologies have really held back the growth of IoT in recent in recent years. Um, we have all these really interesting and cool devices and applications being developed by uh, developers all around the world, um, but they're forced to rely on these on these older technologies that just sure. aren't suitable and don't meet the requirements. Uh, of their applications. So that's where RPMA comes in. Um, you know, nice. I won't go into all the details, but I mean, things that we offer are greater capacity, you know, better coverage. Uh, we don't sunset our technology. When we come up with that, when we make enhancements, it's always uh, available. Older iterations, will, devices will still work on it. So you're not going to be shut off our network, uh, inexpensive. Huh. Those are just some of the advantages that we can offer with our technology. So. Uh, at Ingenue, we're, we're deploying RPMA networks around the world. Um, here in the U.S., we have over 30 markets covered already, with nice. many more to come over the in upcoming years. Uh, globally, we're working with licensees who are deploying RPMA networks and, and building RPMA networks in several key markets already, like South Africa, Italy, and China. 
Um, and so the footprint of RPMA, the coverage footprint of RPMA, will really continue to expand uh, in, uh, in the upcoming years. So that's ingenuine in a nutshell. We obviously have some very lofty goals. We don't have any plans yet for Mars um, to Brett really <laughs> so maybe we'll put that on the roadmap somewhere. But um, certainly we think with the technology we have in place, with the people we have in place, we can, we can, we can achieve those goals. Yeah, that's awesome. That is absolutely awesome and solves a serious problem. I mean, I want to turn a light on on the other side of my mountain. I've got to suddenly, you know, tie on a cell phone in order to contact it remotely. Now I – this is beautiful, absolutely beautiful. If you have um, cell phone coverage in that area, which is yeah. unlikely. <laughs> yeah, that's a great point. That's actually a terrific point. That is so funny. This harkens back to like a million conversations I've had. This is – I can, all right, terrific. We'll talk about that just a little bit more. Okay. All right, Brett, uh, talk to me about the project. How do we how do we run into these guys? Uh, so I actually met uh, Derek, right? Derek Catch, uh, who's your VP Product Dev. He's he's a he's a head of our hardware uh, okay. our right. product manager. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so so uh, I had the opportunity to meet Derek at LA Hacks uh, out at uh, UCLA back in 2016, and so Engine was sponsoring, and they had. Uh, some of their devices out there trying to get students sort of interested in building, you know, low-power wireless solutions. Uh, so that yeah. was kind of cool, and we had a conversation about what their platform was, and I said, man, wouldn't it be cool if we could get those messages off those devices, you know, into Azure? Uh, and yeah. so that really started that whole conversation. And so uh, we had the opportunity this year to work with uh, with Josh and, and his team. Uh, they got me some hardware and uh, sat down and sort of hacked together a solution uh, between when I got the hardware on Friday and when I was supposed to demo it on Tuesday. <laughs> so um, so we, we sort of put together a hack solution, but it actually it, it mimics sort of what the, the normal ingenue customer pattern looks like today. Uh, and so we got that built as sort of the first phase, you know, the, the proof of a proof of concept, I think we called it, right? Mm-hmm, um, right. And then uh, we're working with a third-party partner uh, to try and carry that project further and get tighter integration between Ingenue's okay. uh, intellect platform uh, and, and into Azure. Okay. Um, now, tell me, Josh, what's the intellect platform? Intellect is Ingenue's, essentially Ingenue's device management platform. Um, so it's a single platform that you can do everything you need to, um, to manage your, your, your device. Um, you can monitor device usage. You can set notifications if that device usage meets a certain parameter and you want to be alerted to that. You can take actions like uh, activating, deactivating, suspending devices. So mm. it's really just a single platform for anyone that has an RPMA device out in the field, whether it's 10 or 10,000, to be able to manage those, those devices. Um, so an important part of it is, though, you know, intellect is one piece, but we realize it's not the complete solution. Uh, we need to work with third-party platforms to really take all the data and all the information that's kind of passed through intellect and expose that and present that to the customer. Um, and so enable, to allow that, we, we built in several interfaces into Intellect, uh, REST and AMQ, AMQP interfaces specifically, so that anybody, well, I shouldn't say anybody, people with a certain skill set like Brett sure. can, uh, <laughs> can, uh, can take those interfaces and integrate them with uh, their own platform, in this case, in this case Azure. Um, and I think that's, that's what Brett did in this instance. I believe you used REST originally. Is that, that's right, Rush. Right, Brett? Yep. Yep, I was leveraging the REST API. Yep. yep. Now, uh, Brett, talk to me just a little bit about it. I, I think I've got the gist. They've already got a management si- system. And uh, tell me, how, how is it that um, Azure fits in? 
Well, actually, I'll tell you what. I've, I've got the, the setup here uh, that we built for the solution, so it might actually be easier if I just sort of walk through that, uh, uh, both from the hardware and the, and the Azure side. So okay. um, let me, uh, I'm going to start by moving my camera down here. So see here. Yeah. All that in that frame. Looks good. Cool. All right. So uh, you know, Josh was talking about RPMA. Uh, and so this proprietary wireless protocol that they have, this is an RPMA access point. So if you were yeah. out in the field and looking at a tower, you know, where uh, an RPMA access point was installed, this is kind of what you'd see uh, mounted up on the tower. So, yeah, I, I, oh, <coughs> Go ahead. I, just jump in real quick. I mean, that's, yeah. so that's essentially the heart of our, of our base stations that we're deploying on telecoms towers um, throughout the world to, to beam, in, beam out RPMA coverage. And, you can see it's about the size of a shoebox, roughly, I would say. Yeah. Uh, but it's pretty powerful. Uh, we can cover, um, in certain conditions, about 300 square miles with that one box and um, support thousands and hundreds of thousands of RPMA devices just with, with, that, with that one access point. So. Uh, okay, so the light that I'm turning on on the other side of my mountain here, I don't need a device like this? No, no. no. So th no. this so is going to be on that tower somewhere. Yeah. Within hopefully, a 300 square mile radius. On top, maybe the tower's on top of the mountain and you've got coverage on both sides. At, I mean, in that, okay. in that instance. Um, for instance, in, in the Dallas Fort Worth area, it's a pretty wide area if you've ever been there. It's about 2,000 square miles. Uh, we've covered that entire Metroplex area with just 17 of those access points. Um, compare that to cellular, they have about 1,500 towers in that same area. So it kind <laughs> yeah. of speaks to the differences in terms of the, of the capacity. Yeah, that's pretty incredible. Yeah, so, so these guys are, again, sort of what you, you need to talk to or, or where, where it's going to receive sort of the RPMA messages. And then it goes out over its backhaul, right? So if you're on the tower, you'd actually be most likely connected up, you know, over Ethernet directly to the Internet. Uh, but uh, Ingenue was nice enough to give me sort of this mobile, mobile uh, little demo kit. So instead of plugging directly into Ethernet, I'm going over a cellular backhaul. Uh, and using just, you know, AT&T or Verizon uh, so that for my I demo see. kit, I can get up to the Internet. But just think of this as Ethernet, right? It's the only reason it's yeah. cellular is so that I can demo it wherever I want to, right? And, so, and, you, so, and you keep it right there next to your desk. That's sure. Nice. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I we won't be having any babies. <laughs> <laughs> we don't encourage that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So this is set up for the demo, yes. Uh, anyhow, so, so this antenna here is, you know, sort of talking RPMA. And so I now need a device in the field. And so, so for my demo setup, I've just got a little microcontroller and a sensor. So for my demo, it's just an Arduino and then this little, uh, you know, DHT11 temperature humidity sensor. But yeah. it could be any sensor. It could be any microcontroller. It could be any actuator. I could be having motors or buttons or whatever, lights, fans, whatever. You got it hooked up to this guy. Uh, and so my microcontroller needs to be able to get that sensor data and push it up to me so I can get it. And so what I need is a wireless solution, right? And if I were in a building, I could just use Wi-Fi or something like that. But we're talking about devices in the field mm -hmm. where, you know, cellular is, is expensive from a power perspective. Uh, this might yeah. be a, a device that I want to leave in the field with a battery attached, and I want to get as much battery life out of that as I possibly can. So RPMA gives me the advantage of being able to use lower power on the device itself to, to be able to establish that communication. And so um, I need an RPMA radio to talk to it. And so this, this little silver can here is basically my RPMA radio. But Ingenue okay. uh, gives it to you on this easier to work with prototyping board called a dev kit or a Rackham. 
right? So this is my reference application communication module or rack. It's really that, that silver can there is what's talking the RPMA protocol over here to the antenna and then being able to, you know, get me up to the backhaul off to Ingenue's intellect platform, right? Yeah. And that's sort of the setup. In fact, while I'm doing this, I'm going to go ahead and I, I just got a little hand warmer here. You know, you buy at the sports store. I'll just place it over my temp sensor there so we can start to see mm-hmm. numbers crawl up when I get there. But uh, let me go show my screen. Yeah. So what's here is really that overall architecture that we built out, right? And so if you sort of walk through what I was just talking about, you know, I've got this microcontroller with sensors, you know, talking over the RPMA radio that goes over uh, the RPMA protocol up to that white access point that I was just pointing at. And then through its backhaul, it gets up to Ingenue's intellect platform. And so okay. at that point, if you're an, if you're an Ingenue customer, uh, you've got your device sensor data sitting uh, as you know, bits in a bucket, so to speak, up in intellect. And the way that an, an Ingenue customer would then typically go get that data is through one of two different APIs. I've got a HTTP-based REST API, or I can use ANQP. Uh, and so at that point, the customer would come in and use one of those protocols to retrieve that data. Uh, and so now the customer's got that data payload, and it's really up to them to go do something with it, right? So like Josh talked about, you know, if you, as you want to start doing analytics or reporting or, um, you know, activations based on that data, that's up to the customer to sort of complete that stack. And so sure. Azure, of course, has a ton of tools to help customers do just that. So Ingenue's done a fantastic job of surfacing the message. Now we just need to be able to ingest that message and go do something with it. So what this project did is basically mimicked that same customer behavior, but inside an Azure function. So mm-hmm. spun up an Azure function uh, and used that same REST API to pull that message uh, up into uh, Azure. And so now my Azure function has the data, and then to get it into my pipeline, yeah. I turn around and push that into an IoT hub. And and you could say, well, why do we, why am I going through the IoT hub? You could just push it straight into a database or something like that. But this gives me sort of a single ingestion point into my data stream. So I yeah. could now also be pulling messages in from other devices that maybe do have direct Wi-Fi connectivity uh, and, and didn't need to be going through the RPMA stack. Yeah. Right. So and plus there's me- a whole pipeline that is already well documented and set up, and you're going to be shoehorning all of these additional services later if you don't go through the hub. Let me ask you about the function. How do you trigger the function? So the function is, uh, in this case, timer-based. Okay. Um, because, again, that's really the customer behavior is the customer on their own schedule is going to des- decide when to come in and pull those messages. So okay. for me, I set that function up to run every 10 seconds, I, I think, by default. Uh, now, in fact, the RP or sorry, the, uh, uh, the device is only sending data every 30 seconds. And that's something I talk to uh, you know, a lot of people about you know, with IoT is people tend to think they want real-time data. Yeah, you really don't, right? No. Knowing how hot it is in my garage, even twice a minute, is just too much information. You know, <laughs> right. if I knew how hot it was in my garage every fifteen minutes, it would still be too much information. Yeah, you know, it, once an hour is probably about the the detail of grain that I need. Um, you know, to or to you want it, yeah, or you ahead. want it, or you want an event triggered, right, Brett? Probably if you hit a certain yeah. threshold or parameter, then you get that. You know, when you really yeah. need to know the information yep. is when. Is when, yeah, I completely agree. 
Yeah, don't don't talk unless you need to. So, uh, you know, an RPMA is really sort of geared towards those lower bandwidth. I'm not going to be sending my video stream uh, over RPMA. This is really tuned better for sort of those devices that are going to be sending discrete values, you know, over, oh, over reasonably timed periods. You know, that doesn't mean you can't send every second. You can. Um, but yeah. it's, it's, it's geared for devices that we want to live longer in the field on lower battery power and things like that. And so, uh, well, I shouldn't say it's geared for, but it, it fits well for that scenario. Yeah. Uh, and all right. And, so it's not, it's not real time. It's near yeah. time. Let's call right. it. Yeah. And, uh, now that we have it into Azure and you have it flowing through the hub, I mean, now the sky's the limit. Right. Exactly. That's where this, you know, beautiful flower of Azure just blooms. <laughs> Uh, and, and you get everything behind it. So, so for uh, for a lot of IoT hub uh, solutions, stream analytics is just sort of the go-to next step. Uh, and stream analytics is a fantastic service that we have in Azure because it can watch that stream of messages that's coming in. Now, in my demo, I've just got one sensor, right? But imagine this were sensors, you know, distributed throughout, you know, Dallas. Let's say that metro that uh, Josh was talking about earlier, uh, yeah. and so I could have thousands of devices with, you know two or, or 10 or 100 sensors each, you know, piping this data up. So it could be significantly more data. And so Stream Analytics can watch that stream, and I'm using it to do two different things. One, I'm going to have it sort of uh, create what we call the cold path, take all of the data, uh, yeah. whether it's of concern or not, and just pipe that off to an Azure SQL. Base. And that's going to be sort of my reporting store. So okay. I, I can now do long-term analytics or anything else that I want to on top of that. But in situations where the temperatures are anomalous, in my case, if the temperature reports is higher than 90 degrees Fahrenheit, I want to know about that. And so Stream Analytics can take those messages and send them off somewhere else. And in my case, I'm just sending them off to another queue or more specifically an Azure Event Hub. So mm -hmm. the messages that are in there are alerts. You know, something's wrong. Somebody needs to pay attention to that. Sure. But, but now that and, then on, the and then on the other side of the Event Hub, you can do anything, right? Right. I mean, it's yeah. just one yeah. of those things where, and who knows what we'll dream up next, and it'll all be there sitting on the Event Hub. This is yeah. great. You know what's great about this, and I've got to be honest, uh, Brett, is it's, your graphic here is really terrific because it really shows the ambiguity, or the, the, it takes away the ambiguity between the IoT Hub and the Event Hub and how they just have different intents and different roles in a solution. It's great. Yep. Keep going. I, I hate I hated to interrupt you. Keep going. Oh, no problem. Yeah, so, well, and in fact, back to that point, you know, an event hub is actually um, a fantastic message ingestion solution if all you really care about is unidirectional, you know, messaging. I only care about getting messages into Azure, um, and I don't care about identifying indiv uh, uh, individual devices. Yeah. But in an IoT scenario, we often care a lot more about the individual device. I want to be able to secure the individual device, and I need a back channel back to it. And so yeah. IoT Hub gives me that device-level security, as well as bidirectional communication, device management, a whole bunch of other cool stuff that's very specific to IoT scenarios. So, but anyhow, so... Uh, no, no, I get it. Wait, by the way, do you have bidirectional communication going on here? We're going to get to it. Wow! Okay, get lost, so, yeah. So now that the data is sitting in my database, like I said, the nice thing about that cold path is that now I can report on it. And sort of the, you know, the typical way that we display data these days is, you know, through a web application. So I spin up an Azure web app, uh, and in this case, it's a, a Node.js application, but it could be .NET or, you know, Python or Java or whatever the heck you want it to. Uh, and so it's going to query that SQL data, and now I can display that data in a tabular format, you know, off in the browser. 
Yeah. Uh, however, I can now also leverage some other Azure services like Power BI Embedded. So, and it start to build sort of BI solutions on top of that. So I can take things like charts and through the Power BI Embedded platform, embed those, you know, back down into that browser as well. So that, that's sort of the cold path. I've got the data up now. Uh, and I'm able to turn around and, and report on that. So that's actually live. If I uh, flip back over to my browser, so this is that uh, website here. Uh, remember, I put the temperature, or sorry, that heater on my sensor, and this is actually a spike from earlier when I was testing just to make sure it was live. So let me just refresh the page here. I see it. It's Power BI embedded. Yeah. So it's pulling fresh data in. And so here's that Ooh. earlier spike when I was testing. This is while we were chatting. And then when I put that heater on, it started ramping up here. Uh, and so uh, that's telling me I'm now at, you know, 93, 95 degrees uh, Fahrenheit. Yeah. And that's wow. over the 90 degrees threshold that I had set inside um, uh, my stream analytics query. So at this point, they should have been sending messages off to my um, – Azure function, or sorry, the event hub, and I'm over here in the Azure portal, and, yeah. and this is actually the function that we were looking at that's doing that read from REST, right? Um, oh, in fact, sorry, this is this one. This okay. is the function that's reading in from their REST API, from the Intellect REST API, uh, and then um, running every 10 seconds. So this guy is the one that's set up to trigger every 10 seconds, and so I can see that the last time it checked in, oop, it just ran. It didn't pull any new messages in. So it runs every 10 seconds, but the microcontroller is only sending every 30 seconds. So it. it'll, every now and then it checks in and says, oh, there's new, no new messages. But when it does get a message, it actually sees the message coming in. And in there, I can see the temperature and the humidity values that were being published up. And so I can see those are high temps uh, right now. I think the one I just had highlighted was like at 98 or something like that. So, okay. yeah. Right there. So th those messages should have been getting forwarded by Stream Analytics off to uh, the event hub, and then this function gets triggered automatically by that event hub. Uh, so in fact, if I look at the integration on that, instead of being a timer, it's just listening on that event hub, on mm. my Engine Alerts event hub. So whenever a new message pops in, that function just automatically kicks off. And what it's doing then is basically sending messages back downstream. It's sending what uh, Engine calls uh, a downlink message. So okay. it sends the message back down to the device. And so if I actually switch back over to the camera, actually I need to get this slightly more in view here, there's actually a little LED right here on the on the Rackham board. And so right now, that's kind of how I'm surfacing the alert. Let's say there's an attendant, you know, near the device, and when it's over temp, I'm going to flash this LED. I see go, it. Hey, you know, yeah. you're hot. Go turn the fan on or something like <laughs> that, right? So that's that back channel. That's that downstream communication uh, that's going on there. <laughs> Just imagine the back-end complexity to make that LED flash. That's incredible. <laughs> Right. Now, and again, in a, in a, in a real-world scenario, that could actually be an actual alert. Um, yeah. We can also, through Ingenues, uh, through the Intellect platform, support things like email alerts, where we notify somebody out of band. Uh, sure. But it could also be coming back through to the device and doing something like turning the fan on to, to cool the room down uh, or something like that. Yeah, that's a great point. So. And, uh, I mean, I'm a, I'm a farmer, and my farm has 120 irrigation devices. Each one can have a tiny little sensor that's looking for whatever. Each one can be connected to this network, then, in a really easy way, low-cost way. And I could have all kinds of logic going on here, not just monitoring for, um, for how well it's working, but like you're demonstrating, monitoring for possible problems that can save me a couple hundred thousand dollars. Yep. 
Definitely. Yeah. Absolutely, and we're, we are supporting some, some applications in the smart architecture space, agricultural space, excuse me. So, um, you know, smart city and areas like that have drawn so much attention in recent years, but, you know, kind of the exact opposite of that is, is doing things like helping farmers and uh, others in, that, in those areas to, to get, you know, to be alerted when these things happen and to, and to maybe monetize some aspects um, related to uh, their devices out in the field. Yeah. Uh, talk to me a little bit um, now, Josh, about like power requirements and things that are different about using your technology. Well, yeah. I mean, there's there, there's several that I kind of noted. I mean, I think one that that Brett alluded to was battery life. Um, that you know, uh, power consumption is built very has been built into every layer uh, of our of our protocol, and therefore um, we do things to make sure that devices. That, that Brett mentioned can can be out, can be out in the field for five, 10, 15 years, um, running on a battery in some cases, sure. um, and that obviously just it, it it results in a tremendous ROI for our customers. They re, that ROI for these applications can go down tremendously if they have to be out there every month, either charging or or replacing a battery. Mm-hmm. Um, and I should note that you know RPMA has been utilized in some private network scenarios for. For ten for ten years in some cases, and so this isn't just theory. This isn't something we've just sketched out on an app. Right. We actually have devices going out there and and supporting that sort of uh, those, those those sorts of use cases. So um, so yeah, battery consumption is obviously a very key one. I kind of touched on coverage and our capacity there with just the access points, but our ability because we have a high link budget in our technology to really to really uh, connect devices in areas where other wireless protocols can't reach you know subterranean locations basements wow. uh, we've done we have recently connected uh, soil monitors in sugarcane fields in Florida <laughs> that's a, I don't know if you ever walked through a sugarcane field in Florida probably not but if you have it's an incredibly dense and environment uh, sugarcane growing you know 10, 10 feet or higher um, you know, the ability to kind of penetrate that type of environment is really another area where RPMA stands out. Um, one other thing I kind of would touch on at a high level is just is the network longevity issue. Um, okay. Really just in- incredibly important, again, so that our customers can really experience that ROI. Um, if, you have, if you've been operating on a, a device on a 2G network in recent years, you're probably facing a sunset where you're going to have to Go out, mm. grab that device, put in a new module, whether it's a 3G or 4G module, and that's that's considerably that that's I mean tremendously yeah. expensive uh, when you're talking about tens of thousands or even millions of devices. That's Again, right. RPMA is built, so we're backwards compatible. Your device that's out there working in RPMA today, we guarantee it will operate out there, you know, 15 to 20 years from now. So, those are just some of the things that you know at, at the high level where we think are really some of the areas we stand out from the competition that's out in the market today. You know, I, a couple of things that are in my mind, I can't help but just wonder things about latency and bandwidth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, latency uh, for us isn't going to be in the milliseconds. It's going to be in the seconds. Um, okay. But I think Brett would probably attest that's good enough for most of the applications yeah. uh, that we're talking about. Where, um, and, and, you know, I think most of the, 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 the sectors we're targeting that's a satisfactory performance, and yeah, a bandwidth is not going to be high like a like a high bandwidth LTE environment. Uh, but again, um, we see that about eighty five percent of the of the market of IoT devices use three megabytes three megabytes or less a month, and that's the kind of the segment that wow. we're targeting. 
And yeah. really, as we see the, the IoT grow into um, a variety of new applications, we're seeing the preponderance of those devices are have very low data and bandwidth requirements because they're simply sending some of these alert messages when something goes wrong or uh, on a daily basis, they're just sending some very small uh, packets of information about you know temperature, humidity, things of that nature, pressures. Um, you know, so technology that you don't need uh, a big fat LTE uh, pipe to, to to service these devices. You, what you need is something that's more appropriate, and then you get to the other advantages I already talked about, like low power and and so on. It's incredible, incredible. If you're not in my market, what do what do I do? Well, you contact us, and you certainly you can reach out to us on our website, and you know, uh, and ex- really request one of the. What Brett had there basically was an exploration kit, and as he kind of talked about, it's two key components. It's one of our access points, um, which can kind of give you get you onto the RPMA network, and it's one of our Rackums or dev boards, which can allow you to kind of test your device or your application on RPMA. And you know, Brett did this in a matter of days. Um, mm-hmm. We certainly have a team here or in San Diego in the San Diego office that is willing to support developers that want to build something on RPMA. So I would encourage you to reach out to us. You can make a request through our website for a for an exploration kit. And yeah, uh, yeah and, and, and we'll go from there. But um, you know, I think Brett would tell you it's it's relatively simple as these things go to kind of get up and running with RPMA. Uh, all right. Uh, let's see. And your website is this just so uh, developers listening, they're like, okay, and where do I go? In, it's uh, ingenue.com? Yeah, I-N-G-E-N-U.com. Yep, ingenue.com. So uh, right. please look us up. Check us out. We have a variety of white papers, blogs, um, other information just that really dives deep into the technology stuff we're not getting in today. And if you have time, you know, there's 80-page documents on there. If you, if you want to know everything you can about RPMA, that's, that's yeah. available. We're not trying to hide anything. We think we've built one of the best technologies available for, for, for the ILT. And we certainly welcome any questions or feedback um, for anyone that explores the website. Nice. Uh, Brett, give me just uh, give me a, a level check here. It sounds like Josh is saying this is super easy. How easy is it? Is this a <laughs> is this a reality check? Um, well, it's even easier now that I've already written this code. So. <laughs> <laughs> it it uh, yeah. So getting into the Rackham was easy because it's it's a pre-built solution and it's already got software running on it that you can configure um, to sort of meet your prototype needs. Uh, so in my case, I, could, I was able to go in, run a, a couple of scripts, tell it, hey, I want you to just listen for messages off the serial connection and forward them off you know, to the network for me. Uh, and so it was pretty easy to get that Rackham configured. Uh, I used a little bit of my own you know, sort of microcontroller and sensor you know, knowledge, but uh, playing around with, at least from a prototyping perspective, devices like Arduinos and, and these sensors are, uh, that information is readily available and, you know, kids in elementary schools are doing it, so you can certainly play around with that stuff. Um, well, so I'd yeah. say, yeah, I'd say from a, a, an accessibility perspective, it, it was pretty easy. Um, and I have this solution up in Azure, so we'll, we'll give, you know, links into the show notes, et cetera, but uh, aka.ms forward slash ingenue the number two, Azure. So ak.ms, whack ingenue to Azure, and that'll get you up to the GitHub repo that has all the function code and stream analytics codes and my slide decks and uh, yeah. all that kind of stuff. Uh, if and you I, I know we already stuff. said it, but just as a reminder, what you made so clear is once it's in Azure, yeah. it's just then it's up to yeah. you what 
do, right? Yeah, really, once you get that, uh, that message into IoT hubs, you, you don't have to follow my path. If you don't want to use stream analytics, if you want to use functions or IoT hubs as an, another really cool feature now that didn't exist when I started this project uh, called IoT Routes, where you can just direct messages, you know, directly into an event hub or, or something like that downstream, um, you know, use whatever the heck you like. I had a Node.js app, uh, uh, web app. You can write yours in, you know, ASP.NET. Uh, go for it. Um, yeah. So it, it's really just the entire stack is now available to you. Mm -hmm. um, and and IoT hubs is just, as I say, sort of that gateway to get you into it. Yeah. And just one yeah. point I yeah. want to add real quick is, uh, you know, Arachim is our development kit today. Right now we're working with a variety of partners that are actually going to develop Arduino boards with RPMA built oh, awesome. it already. So cool. essentially eliminating the step that Brett had to go through. And, you know, we expect those out in, in upcoming months. Um, and those will be uh, available through our website. So, yeah, please keep checking and, and contact us directly if you have any questions. But we want to make it as easy um, for developers to work with RPMA, and that's another step in that process. Well, and flip side, that rack and board, you know, has a Freescale uh, microcontroller on it. Right. Uh, uh, you know, ARM an ARM Cortex M4 uh, processor. So if, if you are, you know, uh, an embedded type dev, you can write that hardware level code. That's a good point. Uh, and and yeah. you don't have to use the Arduino. I just went the Arduino route over serial because I had to spin it up in a couple of days. And and I'm not a microcontroller, you know, uh, embedded type dev you know, on a day to day basis. So yeah. Uh, but somebody who's looking at building a real product, you know, may want to go, you know, more towards that, uh, you know, microprocessor type. You know, or, or or just wait a month or two. Yeah, we're just wait a month or two. Right. There you yeah. go. Things just get easier. Boy, they really do. They get, it's like it's so exciting, so overwhelming, and then so awesome at the same time. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, it's definitely inspiring. Uh, Josh, listen, I think like the possibilities are crazy endless. I, I it seems so realistic now that I could have these things out in the field because that that's always bothered me. I'm like, how am I going to talk to these with some like super duper Wi-Fi network? That seemed ridiculous, and the, and cellular, right. as we all know. It's crazy. And so, um, wow, man, I'm glad we had this show. This is awesome. I've got a million new ideas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely right. It's, it's all about making it easy for the customer. And, um, you know, we think combining our, our network technology with uh, a platform like Azure, you know, does that. Because, yeah, there's a lot of great ideas out there. Um, yeah. But we just we need to make it easy for people to, to build IoT and build IoT devices. And, again, I think we, we, this enables that, certainly. And uh, any IoT solution consists of three parts, um, the device, uh, you know, the, the network, and, and the platform. And, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. we're really we're integrating two of those right now for you. And now just, you know, go build some devices, and um, you're up and running. Brilliant. Brilliant. Josh, thanks for being on the show and talking to us about this. This is excellent. Absolutely. No, I appreciate it. I think, yeah, I mean, Brett's done incredible work. I can, uh, speak to how, can't speak to how wonderful he's been. It's been, uh, been a great partner to have for us, and he's taken on so much of this work on his own. And, sure. yeah, we're uh, really appreciative of that, and I think the end result you know, speaks for itself. It's, I think it's a tremendous value for, for developers and for, and for potential end customers that, that mm -hmm. want to build their applications on RPMA. I feel the same way. I mean, who can describe how wonderful Brett is? I'm right there with you. <laughs> right. <laughs> no kidding, Brett. You did it again. Good job. This is an awesome and inspiring project. Thanks for being on the show today. Hey, you bet. Thank you. We'll see you guys. Take care. Take care. Thank you.